Have you been looking for a Taekwondo podcast with qualified people who know what they're talking about, who help you keep up with everything going on in the Taekwondo world? Well, you found it. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. Taekwondo news, competitions and other events, training and sports science, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Let's do this. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. And now your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Hello and welcome to the Taekwondo Podcast. We are a podcast based on Austria in English language for everyone out there who likes Taekwondo. In this episode, I will talk to you about strength conditioning training for specific Taekwondo athletes. We will discuss the importance of the power training and the physiology of modern Taekwondo. Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Coach Cesar Valentin and today I'm here alone talking with you about strength and conditioning training for Taekwondo. I'm discussing some of the key aspects that people have been asking on the comment sections on the Instagram and our Facebook pages. So this is a, a monologue. It's not something that we're used to at this podcast, but um, considering all the events recently and what we are planning to do on the next episode after the Grand Prix, I thought that it was important to talk about Taekwondo Kirugi, the Olympic discipline also known as Sport Taekwondo. Well, as a combat sport, we are characterized by being a fast and a powerful like techniques in short and inter intermittent cycles. It's basically an opposition game played between two athletes who for three or before even so four rounds of two minutes would score powerful kicks on the electronic body and head protectors of the opponent while protecting their own equipment. Despite the rounds being of two minutes, the ratio of work and rest period is unique to every athlete. And even the high weight divisions or at, at different bouts will have different times and different player profiles. Even the same athlete will have different uh, work and uh, rest ratios depending on the competition on their opponent. Since most of the sessions in terms of training, strength and conditioning are group sessions, the average values of these uh, work and rest ratios have to be identified, allowing the group training to be inside of the thresholds that suits the general athlete and match type. These values are constantly evaluated with the same markers through video analysis. Since small changes in the competition rules will have uh, some change in the recent past, changing the dynamic of the sport. Basically, in terms of physiology, sports taekwondo is essentially a very high-intensity sport with very short periods of work and short periods of active rest. While the evolution of modern equipment and competition rules, the players spend around two-minute rounds in high-intensity levels with an average heart rate of around 95% of their maximum heart rate frequency, reaching between 10 and 13 millimoles per kilo of lactate concentrations in their system at the end of the third round when they get to the third round. Of course, there's different analyses. You can see that the 49 players females will be very different from the 68 or from the minus 80 males and you can see that the heart rate during warm-up and the matches are not the same as uh, um, in the real uh, event in the real competitions and if you have the chance of use a heart rate monitor if you talk to the event organizer and they let you use one you will be able to analyze the matches and of course you will be able to measure the lactate uh, in the end of each round and after the match 15-30 minutes to see also the um, lactate deconstruction on the body uh, funny enough the last weekend at the Austrian Open the national team 
uh, had some athletes being picked up for those kind of tests done by the Sports Institute of Austria. And many, many studies out there show different levels of athletes, the, the lactate thresholds to measure uh, basically their energy um, thresholds. In, in terms of power training, that lactate for me is not so important because te sports taekwondo in terms of power has two big technical needs. At first, the atlas must kick the opponent with high enough force to activate the electronic system, most of those times in a very high range of motion, and they have to have very high speed techniques and precision. The second set of the important skills is the clinching, where the atlas need to push each other trying to gain the distance or control the position inside the competition area, and this is a very high demand of strength to be, uh, prevent being pushed by the opponent. Nowadays, with the new rules, the rules that started, well, now, in June, the competition uh, um, will have longer um, active kicking uh, moments and a little shorter clinch techniques because you're not allowed to stay so long in a clinch without kicking. That means that uh, the, um, the demand of strength to prevent being pushed by the opponent is important, but the power on the uh, uh, Incoming into the clinch needs to be way more explosive. Training in sports, Taekwondo needs to consider that a powerful leg training needs to be complemented with isometric and explosive strength training also for the upper body. One can only consider, also consider rotational and anti-rotational training to prepare the players to withstand all those forces produced by him or herself in their opponents. Identifying those force baselines of the athlete and rates of force development are important steps in the training process. In my training facilities in Vienna, with the help of the force plates from Hawken Dynamics, wireless accelerometers from out put or from push we were able to identify several parameters for us the most uh, common parameters to be analyzed are of course uh, force velocity profiling uh, reactive strength index and rate of force development and the, on the first cycles of the strength training for the atlas transitioning into the competition team or transferring from other Austrian clubs that have no tradition in strength and conditioning the athletes go through an introductory phase that can last up to two years in this phase of strength and conditioning the players work on building muscle components of hypertrophy training and maximum strength training that usually of course uh, the general reactive strength training so depends of course in each club and which athletes levels you're talking but when you're talking a high performance level and if the athletes come from a base group in your club or they come from other clubs or from other countries other regions you have to consider that training background we've talked about this several times in other podcasts with other strength and conditioning coach and other taekwondo coaches and that's in this phase that most of the exercises are bilateral with moderate loads some exercises they include even transfer to the sport specific techniques but with very very small volume and intensity while the experienced athletes that have a solid base and knowledge of strength training will have primarily unilateral strength exercises big transfer effect to the sport higher loads these athletes also have a builder a busier competition schedule most of the players they have to gather all these points to qualify for the grand prix or to have national qualifications to qualify for the national team so that they can later go to continental and world championships and of course with this busier competition schedule with higher demands and of other training solutions mostly due to weight restrictions nutritional aspects and time restrictions will remove many of the training possibilities in the competition season Older athletes tend to have more availability due to the flexibility of combining university or work schedules than the juniors and cadets. Um, myself, I don't consider cadets high performance, therefore I will not include uh, very high loads of strength and conditioning outside of the normal uh, technical taekwondo training that they will do once a day. But um, the uh, younger athletes usually are limited by the amount of time they have outside of their school, the schedules that they have with their family. 
all those things need to be taken in consideration and that makes the strength and conditioning part of a taekwondo training very very interesting to measure the the different ages developmental um, strength and conditioning phases developmental ages their work schedules school schedules so makes the the complexity of a taekwondo trainer uh taekwondo training and our work a little more interesting in my um, system i tend to divide the cadets from the others um i think most centers do that and some centers don't even have the uh, higher level athletes or they just don't work with the beginner athletes um they will have one or the other group it happens a lot in north america in europe it's the tradition that most of the clubs or centers begin with the base level all the way to the high competition level in some countries of course the, the national federations will absorb the high performance athletes into their own program removing them from the clubs it's a solution that works for uh, clubs or centers that don't have the financial availability to either implement a full-time program or to invest uh, on competitions and all the costs associated with also the travel and competition of Taekwondo, but also the associated with the equipment and uh, venues and necessary for the stress and conditioning training. So the, those materials and those methods are a key part of the strength and conditioning training, especially on the power part of Taekwondo. The transition into sports-specific strength training follows the didactic principles of sports training with a general and technical elastomatic component, a big focus on intramuscular coordination, on muscle fiber recruitment for building strength in the first cycles, building strength, and then transferring it to Taekwondo-specific power. That is done over a period of two to three years, with each cycle lasting between eight months to a year. So my preferred method on the first cycle, when I talk with the beginners that have no background on the and see or their young age is the same the simple atr uh, periodization similar systems where you get accumulation phase a transition phase a realization phase with a big emphasis on muscle growth increasing the maximum strength and endurance capacity the second and third cycles of course are focused on the development of powerful sport specific motor skills the focus is on speed and explosive strength a big component of unilateral reactive strength movement patterns and unilateral weightlifting derivatives while later in my third cycle there is an implementation of uh, vbt training velocity-based training is a very powerful uh, uh, method seeking to work on the optimal speeds and lows with the optimal rate of force development for of course for that you need to know um the exercise you need to know the athlete and you need to test them uh, usually there's in in vbt training there is no guessing you have to assess you have to have the devices and these days there are really affordable devices for you to use it of course if you can getting your force plates will will uh, add a immense value once again, shout out to our sponsor, Hawken Dynamics. They have the best ones out there for us, and it's wireless and helps us a lot to do this. And um, maybe I can go through some of the exercises we do on the first cycles in case you want to hear them. Like on the first cycle of the general strength exercises, bilateral and unilateral, we do weightlifting derivatives, especially on bilateral strength exercises, some general plyometrics, general agility drills, simple taekwondo displacement, simple taekwondo techniques, time-oriented taekwondo drills, scoring-oriented taekwondo drills that have allowed to, to combine the strength training with the technical part of taekwondo so that you are basically allowing a good transfer and also muscle build and the second far, uh, aspect of the first cycle would be the hypertrophic muscular development basically i focus on isotonic exercises usually traditional machines you find in the gym transitioning to functional movement patterns with bigger loads in this cycle we focus on rotation extension anti-rotation anti-extension and sensomotoric exercises basically the plyometrics and having all those machines allow me to work on a linear movement not allowing the player to 
the escape from the uh, a clean and um, correct muscle uh, workout if you go into functional with higher loads and you don't uh, you you the players doesn't have that doesn't dominate doesn't control the technique it's not so productive especially on muscle building it's easier to go with the machines training exercise normal gym exercises for them to build those squats those bench presses at and and build the loads and build the muscle recruitment and also the synchronization of their muscle fibers allowing them to increase uh, the technique with uh, less uh, uh, injury risk on the second cycle, when you go to the specific strength exercises, I transfer already to the sports techniques. Introduction of Taekwondo techniques into the strength program with the transfer exercises in connection with the strength exercises. We start with unilateral, mainly one leg strength exercise because Taekwondo is standing on one leg, kicking with the other, followed by Taekwondo movement patterns either in the exercise build or just adjacent to the exercise. So you do a strength exercise together with a, a, a Taekwondo movement, allowing the transfer um, of the strength training into the technical training. Of course, the introduction of resisted or assisted taekwondo exercises, the development of strength in the sport-specific movement pattern, either by creating op opposition to your kicks or to your punches. You know, we all do this uh, working with rubber bands, working with weights, um, working with you know, your partner. It's one of the best ways of introducing assisted or resisted uh, taekwondo exercises for strength in the sport-specific uh, um, techniques. Well, my third cycle, that's when I go into the VBT training. I'll get to velocity-based training, power, all these um, Instagram videos that everybody likes to see of the players using those um, mines, uh, uh, barbells and uh, landmines and uh, the jumpings and all these things on unilateral changing of direction. So basically, I go to maximum strength exercises in connection with taekwondo specific movement patterns and they are used more much more frequently than before promoting bigger muscle fiber recruitment and synchronization and also bigger transfer to the sport specific technique that is done in almost every exercise then that's the secret the transfer of the exercise exercise have to be um when you do strength training it's very hard to create a transfer to taekwondo something that you Building, doing a, long, a big and heavy squat does not necessarily transfer you to a powerful kick unless your strength and conditioning training is associated with the taekwondo training. The trend these days is actually to have strength and conditioning and taekwondo integrated, not to have someone else do your strength and conditioning training that is not sport-specific and then later on a taekwondo session. It's good, in the, as I said, in the first cycles in the beginner athletes, when we go to the... Um, higher development uh, athletes you should actually consider doing both of an integrated approach and the second part of the second third cycle will be the strength exercises that are connected to the and uh, conducted on the optimal force uh, sorry optimal velocity thresholds minimizing the fatigue and looking to increase the force velocity profile from the athletes into both the strength and speed axis so when you uh, have force plates so you don't even need force plates you can have um these camera apps that will allow you to identify speed and uh, together with tra different thresholds on the weight you put on them back squats for example you are allowed to to create a force velocity profile and that's uh, something that is very easy to do the other part is to identify the rates of uh, uh, of effort rest for individual athletes and that with athlete analyzer analyzing the videos from the matches or even test matches you have you can identify that each athlete has their own fighting style and with some weight divisions having more dynamic matches and active periods than other, lighter weight divisions tend to have a higher movement load than heavier players. Athlete Analyzer with the video um, tool allows you to actually measure exactly the active and rest and what kind of techniques and which kind of round, which kind of match. Um, 
Of course, uh, the size of the field of play is the same for every weight division. Therefore, the distance and durations of the active periods are also relatively different with heavier athletes because they're being bigger, interacting more with the opponents in technical exchange than in technical displacements will uh, uh, allow them to have different kind of um, action. And to put it mildly, they have less space and time to move closer or away from the opponent, resulting in more time in their clinch positions. When you plan the group sessions, you have to take this into consideration. So Taekwondo teams, especially during the recent pandemic restrictions, have to work with smaller groups at the same time, adding the difficulty of training with other athletes or on the technical and tactical sessions. The fact that you have different age divisions, different weight catches, and they need to work with each other, um, there are, you have to find the common denominators on the effort rest time. So that's important to identify all the athletes, create one, two groups, or even a, a pattern, if you're lucky enough, that uh, works for all of them. And with the video analysis, you, in my, in my club, I came to the conclusion that most of my team, the team one, um, has like an active uh, uh, effort rest periods of six seconds for active kicking, six seconds for clinching, and six seconds for active displacements without techniques. That allows me to build a complex high-intensity interval training. So instead of just having a uh, Tabata or whatever, uh, um, high-intensity and pause or uh, work, pause, work, pause uh, interval training, my hit trainings are mimicking the video analysis so i can have a very high intensity uh, intensity uh, interval then i have a lower intensity interval that would be the clinch and then i would have a active uh, a rest interval so instead of having a, a heat training that has active and or high and low i will actually have a very high high and low um uh, training and it will allow me to allow the player to have the, the training that will basically compensate and mimic their competition style. This podcast is supported by Hawken Dynamics. Hawken Dynamics believes that technology is most useful when it stays out of your way. That's why Hawken developed the world's first wireless force plate system with extreme usability. It is the quickest, easiest to use and most robust solution on the market. It is trusted by all sports organizations large and small, as well as tactical, military and rehabilitation environments around the globe. It's force testing in the palm of your hand. Here at Vintekondo Center, we use Hawking Dynamics to test and monitor our team. The cloud-based platform allows us to access data and publish a variety of reports on the go. My favorites are trend reports and, of course, weight reports, where I can monitor different metrics to view progress and identify performance indicators, or to compare weights to a baseline data range. I use it on a daily basis to identify readiness. A simple jumping test takes me less than a minute to assess the entire team. Having my own Hawking Dynamics force plates allows me to test reactive strengths, maximum strengths, rate of force development, asymmetry and so much more. The real-time feedback on the app is useful not only for testing, but as a training tool, making it more accurate and at the same time more engaging for the athletes. If you are interested in learning more about Hawking Dynamics or getting your own, the team can be reached at info at hawkingdynamics.com or on Instagram or Twitter at hawkingdynamics. This podcast is sponsored by First Beat Sports. First Beat Sports combines the most comprehensive analytics in team sports with a customizable interface to support real-time monitoring, recovery monitoring, performance management, and much more. The result? Data-driven decisions that support your athletes and team training, recovery, and performance goals. First Beat Sports is trusted by professionals. Over 23,000 athletes representing over 1,000 teams around the world rely on the solution to train and plan with confidence on a team and individual level using HRV-based insights. 
For more information, please visit our website, firstbeat.com slash sports. When talking about Taekwondo training, we need to talk about Athlete Analyzer. Athlete Analyzer is the first Taekwondo-specific athlete monitoring system. It is used by both national teams, regional squads and small clubs to maximize performance, prevent injuries and communicate with both athletes and trainer teams. Athlete Analyzer is a cloud-based system with a friendly smartphone app. You can plan and monitor every aspect of your training, even when you are not in the gym with your team. The easy-to-use video analysis tool is not like anything you've seen. It helps you understand your athletes and even their opponents, making this app the only tool you need to manage your team. Before I used Athlete Analyzer, I spent an absurd amount of time in front of the computer, creating spreadsheets and using half a dozen software solutions. I have athletes in my center, but also abroad, and with Athlete Analyzer, it's much easier to communicate, plan, and monitor their development. Now that I have extra time, I can focus on what matters, training my athletes, and it still leaves me some room to do other stuff, like this Taekwondo podcast. Athlete Analyzer offers you a two weeks free trial. Visit them at athleteanalyzer.com to sign up, or click on the link in the episode's description. To get the most of your free trial, I recommend you first book a free personal demonstration with Nicholas. It will give you a great insight of what Athlete Analyzer has to offer you and your team. It is well worth the time. You're listening to the Taekwondo Podcast. Now back to your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Welcome back. So, when identifying the optimal force velocity profile of the athletes, the force places or optical devices like smartphone cameras can be very, very useful in strength testing. We use Ocken Dynamic Plates and software to identify several parameters, allowing us to create these horizontal and vertical force velocity curves for our players for both monitoring and planning of strength training. We use the push device, a wireless accelerometer that we can use for monitoring and identify optimal speed and power values that guide our training program. We move then since then to um, output sports. It is a little um, more dynamic, allows you also to, in, to enter into the rehabilitation um, uh, training. And if you already do the planning and the training periodization somewhere else, you don't really need the push uh, platform or the cloud platform. The device is still very good. I still use it for barbell velocity. I just don't use it for um, all kind of... Uh, um, VBT trainings that I use with the, with the, with in the, in the club because it's, you can attach it to the ankles. You can attach it, um, to your feet. Actually, I will always have one of those output devices in my backpack when I travel to competition, even to monitor just fatigue because a simple counter movement jump will measure if your athlete is actually, um, f- uh, tired or not. And that's something that you can, uh, always travel. It's so small, smaller than a Bluetooth headset and you can, um, carry to do all the time and the battery lasts a long time so when the other part uh, it's also to identify the rate of force development some studies say that the uh, rate of force development has direct correlations to the maximum speed development of the players and using tests like an isometric mid-tight pull test on the force plates we can identify honest peak outputs and rft in different moments of the exertion timeline Coaching cues and regularly conducting these tests allows me to monitor strength development in an easier and faster way than just a simple one repetition max testing. And as you guys know, I'm I'm a very data-driven guy. I collect as much data as I can, um, as long as I'm not uh, getting too much data to sink uh, <laughs> on it. And the data that I find that is actually more important and that was the first equipment I started using a long time ago, of course, besides 1RMs at the time, was the heart rate. 
heart rate in training and later on heart rate variability using the sensors, especially the first bit sensors that do have very accurate uh, data allows you to interpret the training and the level of training and also the recovery from the players. It allows you to also to, ma to monitor stress and fatigue. It's uh, one of those things that allows you to plan and monitor your players to avoid burnout later on in the game. And uh, when it comes to strength training, interpreting the results from the strength testing and all the data needs a long timeline, since the first perceptible changes need to be discarded due to the fact that the technical acquisition of the movement is the first reason for the increase of every of almost every value in the metrics we analyze. The players are not getting stronger after four weeks of training. After four weeks, the data can be inter interpreted with cleaner values because the first data was the player learning how to do the movement, therefore being able to recruit the muscles correctly to make a stronger bench press, a stronger back squat, a stronger front squat. So after those four weeks, you have a cleaner data allowing us to start monitoring and programming accordingly. And it can be seen if you use uh, eccentric utilization ratio uh, reports from the force plates. Again, data is a lot of uh, important stuff, but knowing your athletes, planning the training for them, not getting a copy-paste plan from everyone else is what's going to make you get better in the game. And if you have any questions, if you want to see some of my data, if you want to see some of the testings I do, if you want to have interpretation of data, or if you want to actually know how to use some of the software I use, reach out. Um, you can reach me at uh, taekwondopodcast.gmail.com on the at taekwondopodcast on Instagram and at taekwondocast on Facebook. So... Thank you for listening. I know I speak a lot. I know it was almost like a lecture, very fast in very complicated terminology, but it was important to answer some of the questions you guys had. And it was a pleasure being here with you and with everyone who's listening out there. This was a Taekwondo podcast. If you haven't already, listen to our other episodes that are available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are releasing new episodes every Tuesday. Stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review and share it with your friends. See you next time. You've been listening to the Taekwondo Podcast, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Your host, Coach Cesar Valentim, has almost 20 years of experience with high-performance Taekwondo and has worked all around the world as a Taekwondo trainer. Peter Nessler has been teaching Taekwondo for more than 20 years, and he's currently one of the top referees in Europe. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Taekwondo Podcast, on Facebook at Taekwondo Cast, and the website TaekwondoPodcast.com. See you next time. 